Welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. This week, we're going to talk a little bit more about the three gunas or fundamental qualities of nature. Today, we'll focus on the context of action and intention. Last week, we talked about what are the three gunas of nature. They are Thomas, Rajas, and Sattva. To review, the three gunas come from yogic philosophy, specifically from Samkhya philosophy, that state that the whole universe, everything we know, everything we don't know, everything that exists comes from this primal energy or ethereal source called Prakriti, and that within that there are three fundamental qualities or gunas that emerge and combine in various ways to create all aspects of nature. Seems simple enough. I was kidding that, I mean, it sounds simple, but that doesn't actually seem like it would be a simple thing to do. All three exist in all things at all times, but in relatively different amounts. Thomas can be described as darkness or inertia or inactivity or rest. Rajas is energy, action, doing, change, moving. And sattva is harmony, balance, uh, exemplified by innate wisdom or intelligence. We also touched on the idea that intention behind an emotion or action determines whether that action or emotion is predominantly tamasic, rajasic, or sattvic. In my reading for the show, I found an article on a site called liveanddare.com on the gunas and the Bhagavad Gita. And I'll link to that in the show notes. But what I appreciated most in the article was the, the way the author approached the idea of intention. And I want to share with you some of the examples provided in the article because I think they explain simply what could be a really complex thought system just in a easy to understand real life terms. Take the emotion of courage, for example. This is from the article. A suicide bomber in a terrorist attack may be said to have tamasic courage, which is courage, but based on ignorance and hatred. A man who risks his health and comfort to obtain wealth or fame has rajasic courage, which is courage, but that courage is based on desire, which is more active and rajasic. And a man who sacrifices his ego or personal interest for a larger cause has sattvic courage, which again is courage, but based on compassion and the greater good. Let's take laziness as another example. Tamasic laziness is when you don't have the motivation to do anything or when you're attached to comfort. This is maybe what we consider to be the normal laziness. Rajasic laziness is when you're so engrossed with your activity that you're unable to stop and evaluate what's happening, which is really interesting. You're just going, 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 sticking to the plan, doing, doing, doing without any reflection on if that plan is working, if these actions are serving you, if these actions are serving other people. And that's a different kind of laziness. That is what's being described as rajasic laziness, which is active and immersive. 
Sattvic laziness, who knew there could be such a thing, is when you're so fulfilled with a sense of satisfaction and peace that you can't be bothered to do anything else. Sattvic laziness. This may, in fact, be what plagues the wellness community, or that may be a little bit more rajasic laziness. I'm not sure, but I think that these concepts are incredibly interesting. The article goes on to say, the difference lies in the intention. Change the motivation and the context of a given emotion or action, and you will change its quality. Changing the quality of an action or emotion will change what it really is. It may be courageous. It may be lazy. And on some level, the outcome is all the same. But our motivations and our actions really shift what's happening here. And I think talking about the gunas when it applies to intention is is fascinating. Last week, we talked about in any given moment, how important is it to like gather in groups of like-minded people and talk about the latest news. And there has been a lot of latest news lately. Manafort, Cohen, there's just a lot bubbling up and brewing. And I see a little gleam of schadenfreude in the eyes of my compatriots, which I warn against a little bit that I think we talked about in a prior episode. But we're all kind of, did you hear this? Did you hear that? And last week we talked, you know, how much does it matter in any given moment in this one particular piece of news? Does it matter that this particular group of people in this moment is talking about it? If we're angry about it, if we have an emotion about it, where is that emotion going? Today, as we talk about intention, maybe we can start to talk about the intention behind those conversations and how that affects where the emotion or action that comes out of that conversation goes. I read this quote. It's attributed to Aristotle. I, you know, I can't, you never know. He doesn't have a Twitter feed. I don't know if it's really him. But allegedly from Aristotle, anybody can become angry. That is easy. But to be angry with the right person and to the right degree and at the right time and for the right purpose and in the right way, that is not easy. To me, take that quote, couple it with this concept of intention behind emotion, and we have a whole new ball of wax to explore. The anger or emotion that we feel that comes out of our constant digestion or indigestion of the news doesn't have to be negative if it motivates compassionate action. Again, what comes in, we talk a lot about you are what you eat in terms of what you consume through all five senses, right? I'm not just what I eat. I'm also what I see. I'm also what I hear. I'm also all of those things. So if I'm reflecting back out into the world what I'm absorbing, then I could imagine the motivation to stay away from negative emotions negative actions, negative thoughts. But if we look at it through this perspective, taking what comes in, having an emotion about it, having that emotion spur action, but switching the intention of that action, now we're not necessarily putting more anger, more disgust, 
more hatred, more divisiveness back out into the world, if we shift it a little bit, add a little compassion to it, if our intention comes from love, then we're not putting anger back out. We're putting love out. We're putting compassion out. Recently, the Buddhist community banded together to condemn child separation at the border. And there was an article in Tricycle Magazine where Buddhist leaders talked about why political action is important and specifically why each of them felt that taking this action was important. I think it's a great article. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. I'm going to read a quote from Sharon Salzberg, who is the co-founder of Insight Meditation Society. She's quoted here, and I love this. She says, I have long been passionate about people exercising their right to vote. In my mind, voting closely echoes the Buddha's teaching on our innate dignity, as well as the interconnected nature of reality. I've met many meditators who don't vote. Either they're apathetic or feel the system is too warped to engage in. Not voting when we're able to is tantamount to abandoning many to suffering, children and people whose voices have been taken away. Again, this intention shifts the quality of the action. You can choose not to vote. I don't agree with that. I don't encourage it. But notice that if your choice is to step away from a system that you feel isn't working, the outcome of that is abandoning people to suffering. So then you're faced with, is this tamasic laziness, rajasic laziness, or sattvic laziness? Let's say the action that we want to talk about is to vote. If the intention to vote is to protect your own status, to restrict the rights of others so no one can take anything away from you, or even if you vote out of anger or protest or revenge, that has a certain quality. If the intention in voting is to alleviate suffering for others, to spread compassion, then that changes the quality of the action, even if you're voting for the same person. Let's take Bernie, for example. And I'm using him because he was a third-party candidate. People felt strongly one way or the other. If your intention to vote for Bernie was because everything in the two-party system is fucked, that has one set of qualities. But if you're voting for Bernie because you felt like he is going to help alleviate suffering of so many people within the system, then that's a different quality, right? Those same actions, two actions exactly the same. Outcome may be the same, but karmically, energetically, in the world, very, very different qualities. And you may say, well, what difference does the quality of the action make if the vote is the same? They count the number of votes. They don't count your intention. Fair point. But I would say this. The world is not made up of one action or one decision or one emotion in one moment in time. Our whole existence is made up of all of those moments tied together. So who do you think you might have a better conversation with post-election when it comes to moving the world forward. If you're talking to someone who made a protest vote, they may stay in that camp solidly and stubbornly. If you talked to someone who is passionate about alleviating suffering of others, they may be willing to 
move forward in order to achieve that goal. So you do see there is a difference in the intention, maybe not in that specific moment, but in any given moment, your intention will make a difference in the long term. I'm going to pause here again to say thank you for listening to Yoga for the Revolution. Before I go on, we're at episode, I don't know, is this 88? This is episode 88. We may be reaching the natural course of life of the podcast Yoga for the Revolution. About 45 episodes or so ago, I thought, I'm going to try to get to 100. That'll be a nice chunk of work. 100 is a nice round number. And then, of course, because this is a show about yoga, I thought, well, if you're going to go to 100, how do you not go to 108? 108 being a sacred number in a lot of different traditions. So here we are at episode 88, and that leaves likely at most about 20 more episodes. So I would love to hear if there's anything that you want me to dive back into anything from past episodes that that sparked something for you that maybe you want to talk more about, if you want to hear about something we haven't addressed at all, this is really the chance for that to happen because, I mean, we'll see, right? The world happens in ways we can't always predict. So this is your moment to speak up if you so choose, if you are inclined to do so. If you want to contact me or the show, go ahead and do so. You can find us on social at facebook.com slash yoga for the revolution. Twitter is Y underscore F underscore T underscore R and Instagram is yoga for the revolution as well. Subscribe for those last episodes if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast. Give the show a rating if you if you can. You can do that right in your phone if you're listening For example, on Apple Podcasts, you can just click on more and go to their ratings. And, you know, it gives you a chance to leave stars and then you can type a little something up if you like to or just tell a friend about it. You can also sign up for my newsletter. This puppy goes out about once a month and it'll fill you in on anything you missed on the show and as well as let you know of any workshops or private coaching or live events I'm leading IRL. For example, I'll be up in New Hampshire for a weekend retreat in October if you wanted to join. Also, if you're in New York, in that general neighborhood, I have some time slots opening up this fall for private yoga clients. So if you want to learn more about private yoga, you can go to the website justregularyoga.com or sign up for the newsletter and you'll get a little bit of information there. Let's go back to our regularly scheduled program. I want to consider this part about intention because I think we can use intention as a tool, a tool to guide our actions and a tool to care for ourselves. It's a great tool for inquiry as well. If I'm resisting some action, am I doing it out of tamasic laziness, rajasic laziness, or sattvic laziness? If I am hurtling towards an action, am I doing it with desire or with compassion or with a fulfilled sense of satisfaction? These are really good pieces of information to have. Let's take, for example, the action to meditate. 
If your intention is to meditate because you've been tagged in a social media meditation challenge, so you set up your altar and your smartphone and your top knot, and you want to do this for the Insta, then the intention is rajasic. As opposed to if you skip the Insta and the trappings and you just sit in your pajamas to cultivate peace or know yourself better, that intention might be more sattvic. Or if you just scroll through your phone and you avoid it altogether, that might be a more tamasic, lazy intention action. So we can apply the same thought process to any action and perhaps that can help us with decision making. So instead of focusing on the action itself, meditation or voting or whatever it is, that might come, that action itself might come with judgments or expectations. But instead of focusing on the action, try focusing on the why, the quality of the intention behind performing that action. If the intention is sattvic, that will influence the quality of the action no matter what the action is. In the meantime, keep breathing and live to fight another day. Wash your choice. Tell me who do you love? Wash your choice.